We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat. And Jason, the Bulls season is over, but we still have plenty to talk about. The Bulls conducted exit interviews over the weekend. Uh, Each member of the team and the major players in the front office and on the coaching staff spoke to the media. We got some pretty interesting quotes regarding Zach Levine's free agency. We got another dubious update on Lonzo Ball's health status. And we have the big word of the day or of the offseason, I should say, for the Bulls front office, which appears to be continuity. They mentioned it over and over again during their media availability after the Bulls season was ended by the Milwaukee Bucks in five games. Jason. I am currently in health and safety protocols doing this podcast. I have been for a few days now, uh, so please be patient with me as I get my voice back, but I'll let you take it from here, and uh, you can go through some of the things that stood out to you the most about the exit interviews. Yeah, I guess we could start with AK. Obviously, the Zach stuff is probably bigger, but we could start with AK just since he's the head honcho here. Continuity, as you said, uh, the word of the, the buzzword of the day. And I, I guess I'll first just say, like, I feel like with AK press conferences, there's really just never that much takeaway. He is always he usually very close to the vest with his comments. Usually just doesn't give away much, say that much. But yeah, continuity was big. And like, I think that, I mean, understandable that he is going to say that. Let me see if I could find like the best quote here. I have NBC Sports Chicago pulled up. Um, yeah, here we go. I hope for continuity because we're constantly competing against teams that have been together for three, four, five years. Results come obviously when you keep the same group together longer. We'll figure out what additions we need. Is that shooting? Is that defense? Is that size? Athleticism? We're going to we're going to sit down and figure it out with the group. Uh, so yeah, I mean the three, four, five year thing is is that even really true? I mean I feel like when this NBA uh, team like there's so much always player movement and teams or guys changing teams. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but I mean you look at like I mean you look at the other teams in the East. Tatum and Brown have been together for a while. 
the Bucks, yeah, the Bucks, the Bucks crew has been together for a few years now. They Jimmy won the championship Bam. in their first year with Holiday, though, right? Was that was that was their second year? First or second? I don't know if that last year was their first. Either way, that core has been together for a few years. At least Giannis and Middleton have. I guess so. I guess you look at these other teams in the East, and obviously, like the Warriors in the West have been together for a while. So, this was truly the first. I mean, the Bulls overhauled their roster totally last season, basically, and had a mainly a new team, and they weren't able to stay together that much because of the injuries. So, like that is absolutely true. We never were able to really see them like come together and peak together, like down the stretch as we might've, as we would have hoped because of Lonzo's injury. And like you mentioned that Lonzo injury still dealing with pain, who knows what's going on there. He talked, he, he talked and said for the first time in forever, I think since that surgery. And it's like, I'm gonna go see another specialist. I am might need another surgery. I hope not. And that just doesn't sound great at this point. You just have to hope he's all right. But uh, yeah. So like the continuity stuff makes sense. They liked with the team they put together. They were good at the start of the season. They were the best team in the NBA for a while, or at least record-wise. Uh, but I do also think, like, I don't think they're in a situation where they are, like, satisfied with this roster totally. I mean, even that quote I just said, we'll figure out what additions we need. Is that shooting, defense, size, athleticism? Like, yeah, they could absolutely use all of that. We saw their lack of shooting kill them against the Bucs. Uh, we saw the size hurt them against the Bucs. Defensively, we know that, while they were better with Lonzo and Crusoe, they could still use more defensive help there. Athleticism that plays into it as well. When you're talking about going against a team like the Bucks, the Celtics, these other top teams in the East, they uh, absolutely could use all that stuff. So I think they they know that. In terms of like big moves, we might want them to make. I know we have talked about could, would they trade Nikola Vucevic? Uh, I like. I mean, obviously, I don't think we we're going to come out here and say like they have to have to do it. Like they do, like run back this core and add other pieces to it, and then hopefully get a full season of Patrick Williams. Hopefully, Lonzo is better. Obviously, hoping for health here with some of these issues is um, somewhat concerning. But like, if they do do that, it's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, you do hope that they are open to making moves, and I think based on. I mean, I guess they have like a mixed track record so far. Like first off season, didn't really do anything. And then they completely overhaul it with aggressive moves. Then trade deadline, they do nothing. Maybe that means this off season, they'll go crazy again. Uh, because they've kind of been like back back and forth here with aggressive moves. But ultimately with AK, I think his quotes are fine. I'm not reading too much into them. I, they know after watching the second half of the season, after watching that playoff series, that the Bulls have improvements to make. Uh, this even this core. I mean, we talk about continuity. The core of Zach, Vooch, and Demar did play a lot of minutes this season together, and they were not that good together overall. Obviously, part of that is because the Caruso Lonzo thing. They relied so much on them for the defenses defensive aspect. So while the offense with like Zach Vooch and, and DeRozan was good, at least in the regular season, was not against the Bucks. But as we saw in Game One, the Bucks defense is a fucking uh, against the Celtics. The Bucks defense is crazy. They shut down the Celtics in Game One. So like understandable a little bit there, but we know the bulls need, need help for their, for their roster. Um, Ricky, I said, I don't, I don't want to make you talk too much, but your general thoughts about that, that continuity line. Yeah. I think to me, continuity probably refers to the top five or six guys on the roster. Mostly the more I think about it, the more surprised I would be if Vooch actually got traded this off season, I expect Zach to be resigned to a max contract. I expect DeMar to be back. Vooch to be back, Caruso to be back. We'll get to Lonzo. I think his status is really scary right now just because there's rumors that he might need another operation. He still has pain in the knee. I think getting Lonzo back 100% healthy is 
probably Paramount. the biggest swing factor of yeah. the offseason after Levine's contract is uh, settled. <clears throat> and then after that, I feel good about Io being back. Beyond that, I would expect Patrick Williams to be back, but that's a spot that I think they could possibly upgrade. Uh, given the way Karnaschovas has always talked about Patrick Williams, I, I think that he'll probably be around. Yeah, I'd be surprised uh, if they trade him. I think it'd have to be a superstar trade to pay trade back to Williams at this point. Right, and I agree with that. I don't think it makes a ton of sense to trade him for a marginal upgrade right now. I think, you know, you keep him on the roster, see what he can grow into, and even if his timeline doesn't perfectly align with Vooch's and DeMar's, still a good chip to have moving forward, and, you know, maybe one day, a few years down the line, he's your big trade piece to help you get a superstar. Or uh, even at the next even at the next trade deadline. Uh, see how he goes, and if he's, like, not – I guess if he's not stepping forward, then – Maybe his value goes down still, but maybe not. I mean, maybe someone still wants to take a chance. He's still so young. Uh, so, yeah, you don't have to rush into trading Patrick Williams for sure. So, yeah, I think that uh, it's mostly going to be moves on the margins. And hopefully he can identify some guys who can help the team where they need help, which is mostly size and shooting. I think the Bucks series really showed that. Now, the Celtics are an example of a team that has a ton of size, and the Bucs even make them look small. So the same way the Bucs put DeRozan in prison, basically, in the first round of the playoffs by starting three seven-footers against him, loading up on him every single time he touched the ball, they just did that to Jason Tatum, who's a better outside shooter than DeRozan, at least as prolific, if not more prolific, is a scorer and doesn't have the history of playoff failures that DeRozan has. And Tatum was absolutely confounded by Milwaukee's size. Jalen Brown as well. It was the same thing. Uh, they forced forcing them left. We I saw someone tweet something. I don't, that wasn't you, was it? Someone tweeted about just some screenshots of Drew Holiday, just like doing everything he could to force those guys left. They forced them into their giant size. They're physical on the perimeter. They can't get anything at the rim. The Bulls shot what a franchise record, like 50 some threes. Uh, in that game five, the Celtics took 53s in game one. They'd made 10 two pointers. They were like right. 10 of 30, like in the paint or some shit. Like they, they couldn't do anything. So like you may, then they at least made you feel a little better about the bulls, a little better about how like DeRozan and Zach couldn't get going because the bucks just have a uh, lot when locked in defensively. It is so hard to score on them in the paint. It's hard to get anything in mid range. The Celtics did like nothing from mid range and like Tatum and Brown are like mid range a good mid-range scores too and they didn't get anything there because there's just nothing there for them so they were it was the same thing as we saw in that game five with the bulls just bombing threes and they couldn't score in the paint at all so it's not just the bulls the bucks do this right. to a lot of teams but obviously we know the bulls just also weren't equipped to take advantage of those looks either we saw how many just the bad shooters could not make those three pointers that they got uh celtics made 18 threes which is okay i mean but again the bucks also let certain guys shoot they're more comfortable with certain guys shooting we'll see how that series goes along obviously a long way to go i think boston will bounce back but yeah ultimately when it comes to the bulls we know they need help on the back half of the roster we'll see if they do anything big it wouldn't be surprising if they don't like you said uh we haven't mentioned kobe white yet and i feel like we both think kobe white's probably done here even though theoretically still like i think it's still like easy to hold on considering the bulls need shooting to him as the hold on to the idea of him as like that gunner that you need off the bench. He just didn't come around. He was bad in the buck series. He was bad down the second half of the season. Uh, I mean, I guess if you can't trade him for anything, you don't want to like dump him for nothing. So like if you keep him around on the last year of his rookie contract, another guy you could always trade at the deadline, perhaps 
Uh, but I know like his value at that point also is probably nothing considering right before restricted free agency. Uh, so I think they will look to trade Kobe, obviously. Uh, but I guess if there's nothing out there, maybe they don't do anything. Yeah. And just like back to the like question of what will AK do this off season, we talk about the margins. It could be easy for someone to say, you know, how much do the margins really matter? Well, good tweet from Sam Quinn of CBS sports said the Bucks in game one against the Celtics got 29 minutes out of Wes Matthews, who was a free agent in December. He was not on the Bucks last year. He was on the Lakers mid season pickup. And he's been really, really good for them throughout the start of the playoffs. Uh, giving him, you know, size defensively, some shooting. So Wes Matthews, someone available in the middle of the season, the Bucks picked up. Grayson Allen, they acquired Grayson Allen for two second round picks. I believe Grayson Allen is the fourth highest paid player on the Bucks roster. They locked him up to a contract. He's shooting something like 75% from three off passes from Giannis in the playoffs. Just a good fit around your stars. And that's what you're looking for when you're building a roster on the margins is you want guys who fit well with your stars. Grayson Allen fits well with Giannis. Well, pretty much anyone fits well with Giannis. He's the best player in the world. But just another example of a guy who's making an impact in the playoffs for a team with title aspirations who was acquired for two second round picks. Bobby Portis. Anyone can do that. Bobby Portis was... Javon Carter as well. Javon Carter waived midseason by Brooklyn. Brooklyn, I still believe, is paying Carter next season a pretty substantial salary. He's been wonderful for the Bucs off the bench. Uh, I remember him going back to his West Virginia days as just sort of like a bulldog point of attack guard. Can't do a ton offensively. He's undersized, but he'll get up right. He'll just get up into you defensively. And uh, he's, he's been shot really- pretty well in these playoffs so far, like way better than I would have thought. I'd have to look at his numbers, but uh, he played really well in game one yesterday. Yeah, I know I think he was uh, and the Grayson played really well again. Bobby had some big shots. Again. All those guys are stepping up. Those, I mean, the Bucks are getting those kind of performances from their role guys. And with Giannis doing what he's doing, like, uh, in- I guess they're probably the favorite again. If they're, if they're playing like this, even without Middleton. For sure. Their role players have been really, really big for them. And you look at how the Bucks roster is constructed. They got most of their salary cap money in three players, right? Uh, people who will get to Levine in a second, but are saying, well, Levine, you know, if he's not number one, does he deserve a max contract? The Bucks got their number three having a max contract yep. with Drew Holiday earning, I think, over $30 million annually. So uh, they have basically put all their money in their top three players. They're missing one of those guys, Middleton out with the MCL sprint in the back half of their roster is still so competent that they can all, you know, sort of slot in, play their roles and play them well. And that's what the bulls really need to do coming into this off season. I think essentially you're going to be locked in mostly to the Zach DeMar and Vooch court in terms of upgrading Vooch. It's tough because with DeMar's mid-range attacking, you sort of need a stretch five. And with your guards being Caruso and Lonzo and Zach, who none of whom are like supernatural playmakers, you also need more playmaking out of the center spot. So to find a center who can give you shooting and playmaking, uh, pretty difficult. So that's why I expect Vooch to be back. He'll be on the last year of his contract. I'm totally in favor of the Bulls, you know, looking to upgrade I'm skeptical that they're going to be able to find an upgrade that, uh, you know, actually improves the team. So where I think you're going to see turnover in the roster, Jace, is probably like the eighth, eighth man on the team, ninth man on the team, 10th man on the team. Uh, 
And, you know, we'll see, you know, sort of how that all shakes out, right? Like, I think ideally, if the Bulls could get, you know, a fifth or sixth best player who is a big man who can either be a small ball five in the playoffs or a four for you to give you another look if Patrick Williams gets hurt again or doesn't take the leap the franchise expects him to make, that's probably the best thing they could do this offseason is just to add one more piece to the front court who can shoot and who can give you a little bit more size and toughness up front. Uh, who that guy is, it's going to be a big question, but I think that that should be the priority for the Bulls this offseason. Yeah, and I do wonder if they'll look, I know with Io hopefully developing, but I do wonder if they look for another, maybe a more reliable backup point guard just because of Lonzo's injury stuff. Like at this point, you have to like bake in him missing time. Uh, and especially now with whatever's going ha- going on here, because another another and Lonzo can't really do this either. But they the Bulls we just know it don't get enough dribble drive action rim pressure. They could maybe use an, if they could find another guy like that. So if Lonzo does miss time, uh, you have a, a little more reliability there. Like I said, hopefully Io develops because I think Io showed some of that. He showed some nice stuff filling in uh, at times for uh, when those guys were hurt. So if he takes another step, maybe that takes that spot basically, but it would also be nice to have another veteran that you can rely on just in case to help run the show. Cause even, I mean, Caruso's now can be that guy sometimes, but you don't want him doing too much offensively. We saw when he tried to run like pick and roll stuff, it didn't know his work. Well, he, well, he's a pretty smart passer and he can do some stuff like too much dribbling and stuff from him. Isn't that great? So another point guard, another, yeah, another guy in the front court and maybe another big wing who can, uh, three and D type wing types of guys we're looking for here. Let's move on uh, to Zach. Uh, so was Zach's comments definitely maybe I don't want to say ruffled feathers, but it definitely opened my eyes. And at first, like looking at them, like I don't want to say I panic, but I was like, oh wow, like Zach, like coming out here, uh, and like not. So I never didn't expect him to come out here and be like, yeah, I'm resigning with the Bulls. Like that's that gonna be that. Like he is a clutch sports client, and obviously, and after a little bit of thinking about it more and like letting it settle in, like yeah, this is him just uh doing his clutch thing. He is sending sending warning shots to the bulls though that like hey like you better pay me like if you don't pay me maybe i will go somewhere else was he they asked him he's like yeah i'm gonna keep an open mind for this uh here's another quote here from mc sports chicago it's a big decision not just for me but for my family obviously i'm going to take my time and look at everything talk with my agent i think it's an opportunity not a lot of people in my situation actually get to get to and i think it's exciting i'm looking forward to it he talked about how he might be open to meeting with other teams like he said, he, he when they asked him about being with the Bulls, he like he said, oh, he's liked his time here. But he says, again, oh, I'm going to everything open-minded. We'll see what the future holds. I plan to enjoy free agency with what it is as a whole. I think you're going to have to experience A to Z without making any fast decisions. Uh, I know he talked about uh, how Rich Paul is going to like be taking being the front point there. He's going to sit back and figure it out, is what he says. Uh, and basically all this other stuff base and, and here the, on being and the personal importance of being offered a max contract, it's important to me, but you get paid with your value. I see myself as a top guy in this league. And I think I've proven to that over the last four years. I think that's what we're going to negotiate. I think that's what Mark AK, that's what they and rich are going to have to discuss. So basically I think ultimately this was Zach. I don't want to say he's like, I don't want to say he's like gone. He's like seriously like right now, like entertaining, leaving the bulls, but it seems like, if the Bulls don't come to the table with that max offer, that he'll be like, all right, I'll go take other meetings and maybe I'll leave. It seems like him just coming out here and again, he's been very, very, very steadfast that he believes he's a max guy, that he needs to get paid. Uh, and I've remained steadfast in my belief that he should get paid because I feel like the alternatives just aren't great. Like unless you're somehow able to sign and trade him somewhere and get someone close or better 
than him. I don't, I don't know what the hell you're doing. If you, I mean, you certainly can't let him walk for nothing. Uh, so ultimately, my belief is that Zach is making it known that the Bulls need to pay him. Otherwise, he will be serious about looking elsewhere uh, and that the Bulls should pay him and that they shouldn't have any hesitations. If they want to try to do some stuff where like maybe there's some injury protections in there, depending on how his knee is going. We don't have any more information yet. He, he, I think he's going to see another specialist for his knee to see if he's actually going to need surgery. That's not confirmed that he's going to need it or going to not need it yet. Uh, but if all that checks out and it's not a long-term thing, not degenerative or whatever, that maybe he, even if he needs a surgery, as long as it's not a long-term thing, you put that max contract down, which I believe is 212 million over five years, or even if he wants to talk about a shorter term deal, uh, something like that. Uh, I don't, I don't know if they, I feel like you have tweeted about how possibly trying to haggle maybe a little bit below the max. I wouldn't even do that. I could see him being insulted by that and fucking bolting. Uh, I think the only haggling that should be done is if you try to work injury protections in, depending on how that knee looks. And if he wants to do maybe shorter years, uh, and if that's the case, I'd be open to it. Fine. Obviously it'd be nice to get him locked into four or five years. I think to people who are concerned about paying him a lot of money, given what the bulls lack of overall success uh, and his struggles down this. I mean, even with, he was playing 56% he still put up pretty damn good numbers. His number against the bucks weren't great, but like, again, he's playing hurt against one of the best defenses in the NBA. I'll cut him some slack there. A healthy Zach Levine is a great player. I think the empty stat stuff is, he still has flaws for sure. He's not a top of the line superstar, but you mentioned the Bucks thing and you look at other teams, other teams, you stack good players together. You, you don't just because you don't think a guy's a number one guy doesn't mean you don't pay him a max contract. You could always use him to trade for somebody down the line. Always good to have good players on big contracts in case there is a big superstar that becomes available down the line. You can use him uh, to get someone like that. If things aren't really working out or if things just aren't working out in general, you want to go rebuild you should be able to get a decent amount for Zach Levine on a max contract in the next couple of years. Uh, the salary cap is always going up. So like that, you could take in that into account as well. So ultimately pay in the words of Teddy KGB from rounders, pay that man his money. Don't haggle too much. Don't insult him. Uh, and ultimately I came down from my initial like shock of his comments that made it almost seem like that he was leaning towards leaving. Who knows? Maybe he is leaning towards leaving. I obviously don't know anything, but like, uh, I think that a lot of that was just him sending a warning to the Bulls to make sure that he gets paid. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I fully agree. I feel like some people are framing this as like a difficult decision for the Bulls. It's not a difficult decision. They have to keep Zach Levine. If they don't keep Zach Levine, this current iteration of the team might as well get broken up already. And you're already out your 2023 first round pick, one to three or one to four protected for the Nikola Vucevic trade. You're out your 2025 first round pick, one to eight protected to the Spurs in the DeMar DeRozan deal. So, you know, this is the core the Bulls have. They absolutely need to re-sign Zach. I think he could have potentially been in line for an even bigger contract if he would have stayed healthy the whole season because he might have got All-NBA. He's not going to be All-NBA now, which will save the Bulls a little bit of bread on the back end of that contract. I don't expect him to leave. As long as the Bulls pay up, Levine doesn't really have any other options either because the Bulls can give him the most money. If he wants respect, the Bulls can give him the most respect by maxing him out. And while I did bring up the idea of like Julius Randle signing a little bit cheaper contract last offseason after an all-NBA season with the Knicks, which Levine has still never had, I think Levine's stature is just higher than Julius Randle's. The way Levine has talked, uh, you know, any time about his free agency has certainly been like somewhat of a hardline stance. It's at least signaled that, that he wants the max deal. So I think absolutely give him the max contract and then you take it from there. You lock in Zach with DeMar, with Vooch, and then you figure everything else out. Uh, The Bulls are the only team that can give him the fifth year. The Bulls are the only team that can give him like the biggest annual raises. You look at the teams that have cap space right now. They're all pretty bad teams. I think there's like seven or eight teams in the league that have available cap room. None of them are contenders. Well, the problem with trying to, you know, play hardball with Zach over that is that the way NBA transactions work now, a star player will often just say, Hey, get me here. I want to go here and they'll figure it out. Right. I think that with Levine being represented by Clutch now, the Bulls have sort of bent over backwards in their dealings with Clutch since AK has come into power. Uh, They were very quick to work out the deal with Lonzo Ball. They were not concerned about any tampering investigation or penalties. They did lose a second round pick in that, but they got their guy, Lonzo Ball. They got him on, you know, what felt like a fair deal for both sides. Certainly uh, locked him in. And then the Tristan Thompson thing. Tristan Thompson, another clutch client. They gave him more than the minimum. They gave him part of the biannual exception, right, Jason, to bring him in at the trade deadline. Uh, So, you know, giving him a little bit bigger of a bag to come to Chicago. And who knows, maybe they even promised him some minutes because I don't know why Billy would have kept running him out there when it was pretty clear he was an ineffective player, uh, if not. So I do expect Zach to be back. I hope the Ryan Storfs don't get cute. I don't expect them to, though. 
there was a brief moment of panic on Bull's Twitter when Levine was in his exit interviews where everyone seemed to be convinced that Zach was gone. I just don't see it because the Bulls can give him the fifth year. The Bulls can give him the biggest annual raises. And the Bulls can really get, are the one spot that can like truly get him the maximum amount of respect, right? Like yeah. if the Bulls continue to improve, win a series next year, uh, keep building towards Eastern Conference contender status. I think that that does the most to elevate Levine in you know the public's eyes more than anything else. So I expect yeah. Zach to be back. Maybe it'll get uh, you know a little sweaty for twelve hours, twenty four <laughs> hours there in July, early July. But I expect uh, him to be back in Chicago for sure. Yeah. Ultimately, if they pay up, I do think he'll be back. Because yeah, I, guess I don't. Who know? We don't know who's. I mean, we actually. <laughs> Dejounte Murray sent out that tweet of Zach in a in a Spurs jersey. Uh, obviously, they're like Seattle guys, Seattle bros, and uh, I know Zach obviously played for who knows how long Pop will be hit with the Spurs anymore. But uh, Zach played for Pop at Team USA. But I mean, the Spurs fine team. They're I mean they're a solid team. But I mean I don't know why Zach is, would leave the Bulls for the San Antonio Spurs just to play with Murray. If anything, it's the other way around. The Bulls should figure out a way to get Dejounte Murray to Chicago. Uh, obviously, Lonzo's here too, but I mean, Murray's a great player. I think he made the all-star team as an alternate. So, like, Zach should be doing the recruiting the other way around there. I think that was just Murray having some fun uh, after, obviously, the Zach's comments. They're Seattle boys. That's all. Yeah, they're Seattle guys. I think Zach, I think they asked Zach about that. Uh, and that's basically what he said, just having some fun there. So, like, I don't think that's really anything to worry. But, yeah, the other teams you mentioned, I think it's, like, the Pistons are one. Like, it's a bunch of teams that are, like, rebuilding in, like, smaller markets. So, like, as you mentioned, if there is a star player who, like, does want to force his way somewhere else, they often get their way. I mean, we said DeMar. Bulls didn't have cap space for DeMar or Lonzo, and they'd, but they wanted they, the, those guys wanted to sign with the Bulls, and they made the trades happen. And we see that happen with like with Kyle Lowry and Miami last year. Uh, I think Jim that happened with Jimmy in Miami. Like we see, you've seen, if guys wanted to go somewhere, it usually ends up happening in the NBA. But I mean, there's just been no evidence at all that Zach is wants to go anywhere else. Uh, again, maybe he's keeping that close, but like. Uh, he's in a big market. He's one of the top dogs. The team finally started getting better again. He seems to like playing with DeMar, seems to respect him a lot. And DeMar talked about how he's going to have a bunch of the team doing his like crazy Kobe workouts this offseason out in California. Uh, that was cool to see. RIP to the Bulls working out in our building. Uh, go out, have your fun with DeMar and uh, follow his lead and all that good stuff. Uh, so, yeah, again, all signs point to Zach being back, even despite his comments, just him kind of probably playing hardball again, just sending a warning shot to the Bulls, like, take care of me, pay me what I what I'm valued. And if you do that, even if he does, maybe he will take meetings, maybe he'll talk to other teams and stuff like that. And I mean, if he does that, obviously there would be sweating uh, if he takes a meeting with some other big teams or something. But uh Again, you as you mentioned, all those factors playing in the Bulls' favor in terms of the contracts they can they can offer and all that stuff. Uh, they should be in pretty good shape with Zach. Um, those are the main things here. I don't I don't think there's really much else. Like I mentioned, Demar uh, Demar talked. I mean, he just seemed to really enjoy his time here this season. As I mentioned, he's going to be hosting these workouts for a bunch of the players. Hopefully, we see Patrick Williams uh, really have a big off season here. Uh, take a step forward because the Bulls need him to take a step forward next uh, next season. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully like DeMar can take a guy like him under his wing and just really help show him the ropes and all these other guys and all these other veterans helping him out. And yeah. And then we'll see uh, moving forward about the rest of this, uh, this off season, obviously plenty of time here with the playoffs going before anything big happens. 
Uh, you got anything else here, Ricky? How, how do you feel about the Bears draft? <laughs> well, yeah, I got some Bears draft thoughts, but I, I do think we should focus just one more moment oh, on Lonzo. Yeah. yeah. Just because Lonzo, like, we did not know that he might have another knee up. Yeah, bad, very bad. <laughs> which he revealed in his exit interviews. Uh, here's what Lonzo said. Kind of let it calm down for the last two weeks. I was going at it pretty hard, trying to get back as fast as possible, Ball said. But like I said, at a standstill, still have pain. Yeah, so that's bad. to get that figured out this summer for sure. So what's wild about this, Jace, is we're watching the playoffs right now, and Robert Williams is flying all over the court for the Celtics. And he tore his meniscus like what, a month ago. Months? Like it was like a month. It was like a month or maybe five, six weeks. He was he was back within like um, within like four weeks, I think. Yeah. Now it's so, been another week or so since then. Yeah. Months after Lonzo Ball suffered the same injury, and Lonzo, of course, was able unable to come back because he has a bone bruise in the knee that predated the meniscus tear. So. How worried are we about Lonzo's status right now? I think like kind of worried. You know, can you even count on him to be 100% healthy at the start of next season at this point? Obviously it's May 2nd. Training camp starts when? Like October? Yeah, I mean we got so, like four another 4 or 5 months. 4 or 5 months. You would hope that Lonzo's 100% yeah. and ready to go next season, but it is a bit concerning to hear him say he's still experiencing pain, may need another operation. He said I don't want to have another operation but I don't really have a choice if they tell me that's what's best for me. Man, three operations on a meniscus tear for a player who's already had pretty significant durability issues. That is a major question facing the Bulls this offseason is can Lonzo Ball get 100% healthy because they very obviously were not the same team without him. I am skeptical the Bulls can make an offseason acquisition that will be as impactful as getting a healthy Lonzo Ball back. And really, before we can even think about how the Bulls start to improve the team to a level where they can advance a round in the playoffs or two rounds in the playoffs, uh, they need to have their full complement of players healthy. And, you know, Lonzo's taken up $20 million on the cap sheet. His impact was tremendous. I think he, you know, he outplayed his contract really in the first year of it when he was healthy, but he didn't play after the middle of January. And with a meniscus tear, that should not be the case. So I'm a little worried about this, Jace. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, same. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. Based on the surgery that he had, because we know, remember D Rose missed like a full season with meniscus, depending, depending on the type of surgery you get, uh, you can, you can miss a long time, but the surgery that he did get, he was only supposed to be out month and a half, two months. And we saw Robert Williams, as you said, come back in like a month and it looks totally fine. Uh, so it is this bone bruise seems really troubling. Uh, I'm definitely worried about it when it just given his history as well. And it seems to maybe be a slow healer. Uh, and obviously we do have a lot of time here this off season, but let's kind of go back to my point. Uh, I made earlier on this pod about like, they might have to try to get somebody, some type of veteran just to, because you're like almost just like baking in Lonzo missing at least a quarter of the season, maybe more because of some type of injury. Uh, and it's definitely, definitely wor- worrisome. Uh, and hopefully I'm just, at this point, you're going to cross our fingers. We'll maybe we'll find out this week uh, after he visits these specialists, if there's anything more uh, for sure about whether he needs another pr- uh, procedure or not. It's just, we just got to cross our fingers. And even if he does, and then hope that maybe that will fix everything in the next couple months, then he'll be all right for training camp because otherwise, yeah, who knows what will happen. 
let's talk uh, little bears. Yeah, real because quick. Got to- you got to you got to go, but real quick, just want to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, I got, I got a little bit. So, first of all, Bears Twitter, just a fucking mess. I mean, very <laughs> much a reflection of just the city, and the Bears are the most <laughs> beloved team in the city. The Bears make people totally insane. When I saw the 12-year-old from England get up and introduce the Bears draft pick, and he's like, in the 1985 Super Bowl champion Chicago Bears, I'm like, oh, bro, no. you're like negative 25 years old when that happened. Like, please, can we do something to distance ourselves from 1985? Never. You never weren't it. even born then. I, I was born in 87. Uh, so we've not seen a Bears championship in either of our lifetimes. Uh, you would think that going into Justin Fields' critical second season of his rookie contract, they'll have him on a rookie deal for four years and then plus a more expensive fifth year. You would think that the Bears will go all in to sort of uh, build the team around Justin. That's what most people would say when you have a 100-plus year history of horrible quarterback play. You have the most talented quarterback prospect that's ever been in the organization before entering a critical second season of his rookie contract. You would think, well, let's build up the franchise around Justin. The Bears have just not done that. They hired a defensive head coach. When they went to give out a big contract in free agency, it was to a defensive tackle. They gave out no significant multi-year contracts on the offensive end outside of getting a center on a pretty reasonable deal. Uh, Of course, they hired a new offensive coordinator, and I think that most people in the fan base are praying the offensive coordinator can fix everything that ails the Bears offense because Justin Fields might have the worst damn weapons in the NFL, Jason. Not good. Darnell Mooney is your top wide receiver. Okay, Darnell Mooney's pretty good. I believe he had over a thousand yards last year. Quick, small, shifty receiver. Uh, I think him and Fields could, you know, he could potentially be in for a pretty good year as the Bears wide receiver one option. But after that, it gets brutal. Byron Pringle coming over from the Kansas City Chiefs. Arrested. Wide receiver number two. Uh, we got this new guy, Vellis Jones, a 25-year-old rookie who played six seasons of college football and only had over 300 yards receiving one year, more of a return man than a wide receiver. He was the Bears' only wide receiver selected in this draft. And then with their other top two draft picks, they took defensive backs. They took Kyler Gordon, a cornerback from Washington, and Brisker, a safety from Penn State. So, Jason, when it comes to the draft, especially the NFL draft, I'm always a best player available guy. I do think that, you know, you could take a receiver because you need a receiver, but if that guy stinks and there's two really good defensive backs after him who could have solidified the secondary, you know, for a cost controlled amount of money for the next four years like that, you know, you don't want to make that mistake. So part of me understands not taking a receiver. If you didn't like Alex Pierce or George Pickens or any of the other receivers available, Sky Moore, there are a bunch of good ones in this draft, supposedly 13 drafted in the top 55. The Bears did not get one of them. Well, I, I just think that, like, it's a, such a strange way to go or, to go about building the team. And I don't want to say I'm, like, totally out on it. I don't think it's, like, totally the new GM, Ryan Poles, is fault uh, because he had a lot to Left clean in up. Left a shitty spot. I thought the Bears have the most dead money for next season, I think, on their roster. Yeah. Something and like Jason, that. Jason, what does it remind you of? It's very similar the to Ernest Karnaschovas' yeah. first season, where he did not do much in his first offseason. He did basically nothing. He signed Garrett Temple. I feel yeah. like the Bears' offseason has been the equivalent of signing There you Garrett go. Temple. Yeah. They've done fucking nothing the entire <laughs> offseason. And it just feels like it's setting itself up for going into the season. And if Fields 
does not take a significant step forward, you're going to say, well, how the hell is he supposed to take a significant step forward? He doesn't have any weapons. Right. Yeah. It's why are they setting themselves up for this? Now I can sort of see it both ways. I think that, you know, next year, a year from now, the bears are going to go into the off season with a ton of cap space and they're probably going to add some significant offensive talent. God, I would hope so. Given all the cap space that's going to be available and given all the holes on the roster, both in terms of the wide receivers and the offensive line. Also, it's worth noting that free agency isn't exactly over yet. There's a good amount of wide receivers, veteran wide receivers, they can still sign. I would like the Bears to sign Jarvis Landry, sort of a possession wide receiver. Is he a world beater anymore? No, he's coming off an injury too, but he would be solid. He would be a nice like security blanket to throw to on like third down, stuff like that. Yeah. Will Fuller, former Houston Texan, former Notre Dame receiver. I think he'd be good. He's another guy who's available. Julio Jones, you want him? Sure. I think they got to sign one top flight wide receiver to be their wide receiver two over Pringle. I think that is yeah. just an Dude was just arrested for crying out. And then I think they need to sign a left tackle because right now, you know, what are you going to do? Bank on two guys who were rookies last year. Is Tevin Jenkins the, the starter right now at left tackle? I believe so. So then what would be ideal, in my opinion, would be to sign a veteran left tackle. There's still some out there. I think Eric Fisher, former Kansas City Chief, former number one overall draft pick. He's a free agent. I don't know how good he is anymore. I'm not going to. I mean, he'll be going. It's like the Jason Peters route they did last year. Just find some old player for cheap. who used to be good and hope he holds up. Yeah. Like ultimately, like I don't want to. Again, don't want to panic here. It's just like it's just I feel like it's just like poor timing. It's like, yeah, ideally, like. If you didn't have fields, I feel like you'd be fine. You're tanking this season, not spending, you tank, and then you like get a high draft pick next year. But the problem is you have fields there right now. And like you need like it does feel like you're possibly going to waste a second, a very important second season for him. And then like there will be more doubters about him. And there's question marks about him going forward. But then it's like if he has legit no help, then like what the hell? And like and you worry about ruining him. Uh, so it's just like a really unfortunate spot to be in right now and a really tough one. So trying to thread the needle, uh, it's going to be weird. They're probably going to suck ass, I'm guessing, in 2022, unless Fields somehow is just like a miracle worker, which it's going to be tough to go from what he was as a rookie to like a miracle guy who can drag this roster to like be any any good. So like they'll probably suck. You just hope that he's okay, that he doesn't get killed, that he can take a step forward, and that you still get a decent pick. And then you do next offseason, you make those moves. That's, I guess. What and in terms about. of the draft, I mean, hopefully the Bears come out of this draft with two plus starters in the yep. secondary. Yep. And then they drafted. They needed so the help many, there. For so sure. many off. Oh, certainly. Yeah. And then they drafted so many offensive linemen. You know, if you get one starter out of that group and then one solid backup, I think that that would really amount to like an A draft, given what the Bears had. Jones is funny because he's blazing fast. He's super old. He does not have any history of production as a wide receiver at the college level, but he was really good as a receiver his last year. I think he had 800 yards receiving. His highlights are pretty impressive and he's not small for a guy who runs like a four, three, one or whatever, 40 yard dash. So in general, didn't love that pick, but I'm very ready to be proven wrong on that. I hope he's good. Uh, you know, just run the guy over the middle of the field. Give him a little crossing route. Give him a little five-yard in route. Let him take off. The yards or after just the throw catch, some bombs, man. If you, I know I read that he can't really run routes that great. Just fucking chuck it deep. Run him some play action. Throw it deep to too. Chuck it deep. <laughs> get, get him some yak yards. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, man. It's just like, it's disappointing that they're not doing everything they can to support Justin. 
And in fact, for the first offseason, they're doing basically nothing to support Justin. And, you know, the parallels with uh, the Bulls' new front office are just extremely striking. We'll see what happens. You know, yeah. it, I, I look at the – I'm not a football expert at all anymore. But it sure seems like all the good teams are in the AFC, right? Loaded, loaded. And if Fields takes a step up this year, you would think that, like, okay, it shouldn't be impossible for the Bears to be, like, decent. But instead, it feels like because of the way they approach this offseason, we're going into this being like, well, They're gonna top suck. five pick. Like, we're <laughs> tanking from the jump. It's a little disappointing just because I only want good things for Justin Fields. I love Justin Fields so much. And if Justin Fields sucks – it's the Bears' fault. It's not Justin's fault. I'm As just, it always we're, is. Always we're blame the that Bears. Stamp on it right now. Always so. blame the Bears. All right, we should we gotta, we should wrap it up here. Uh, let's. We got obviously in the thick of playoff action here, so we got a couple game ones that will obviously be happening now. Once this pod or that will be done once this pod is up. Uh, we got what Miami, Philly, no fucking Joel Embiid, crazy stuff with his broken face, uh, and then we got Phoenix and Dallas, and then we got two. I think both game twos again with. Memphis and Golden State, great game one, and then Milwaukee and Boston again. Uh, so always, always fun to watch. I think a lot of these series should be great. Uh, I mean, the Memphis Golden State game was fucking phenomenal to watch. I think Boston will bounce back. Luca versus the Suns will be fun, and then uh, Heat Sixers will be really interesting without Embiid for these first few games. So a lot of interesting stuff going in the playoffs. Obviously, with the Bulls, we're just kind of here waiting to hear more on Lonzo and. The draft isn't a whatever. I think the lottery's coming up here. And obviously that isn't anything with Bulls, but yeah, lottery coming in a couple of weeks. So another just off-season thing to look forward to. Uh, and then obviously still got a way, ways away for the draft and free agency, but we'll have plenty of stuff to talk about during this off season. We'll try to maybe get some more guests to talk and just like do some deep dives, maybe into who the bulls can look at the getting. So that'll do it for us here at cash considerations, a Chicago bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the blue wire network. Please go check it all. The great pods all across the network. We got great playoff coverage going on right now. Uh, for us here at Cash, please rate and review us. Get, give us those five star ratings. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those good places. You can follow me, Jason, on Twitter at Bulls underscore J. You can follow Ricky at SB underscore Ricky. Please also shout out to Fuzzgun for our new intro for this fun bowl season. Go check out a SoundCloud. So for Jason and Ricky, this has been Cash Considerations, HR Bulls Podcast. We will talk to you guys next time. Bulls. It's not last year's Bulls, ladies and gentlemen.